We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. out of the gate today because the Golden State Warriors were getting back to 500 in the nation's capital. Outstanding games out of uh, Steph, out of Poole, out of Draymond. We'll return to that topic much later in the show because we have finally returned to the air to talk about the topic that everyone wants to talk about, and that is obviously the 49ers who offensively steamrolled Seattle for four quarters and defensively turned it on in the second half to the point where that game, which could have been in doubt, really wasn't in doubt at the very, very end. Peter King is going to join us live on the Bud Light guest line a little bit later on. How about that, Ray? Beer sponsoring an element of the show. We're close to your dream of just passing around cocktails at all time. Or heroin. I mean, whatever it takes. I don't know if heroin's got a really good marketing department looking to go ahead and and do some grassroots campaigning right now. But in the meantime, thank you, Bud Light. It's good to have you part of the team. And Call Shifty. <laughs> he can take care of you. That was pretty impressive, Ray. All things considered. And, and look, Pete, Pete lived up to his reputation for half of that game. He was deep in his bag of tricks. He had his team motivated, and he had his team playing a level of football where had there not been two dramatic turnovers on back-to-back drives, I mean, this is, who, who knows where that game would have gone. That's how much Seattle was in that game through halftime, and uh, then the 49ers really took the brakes off and beat them with it. But it was that, that, that was, that was a tale of almost two different football games in the same football game. Yeah, Seattle played nearly as I think probably as well as they could play. I mean, they you know Geno Smith was nine for ten. They had the ball for seventeen minutes. Um, they took care of they took care of what they needed to take care of, including that fourteen play drive that ate up like seven minutes. And then the two turnovers happened, and it was over. Um, it, there's not a lot of deep analysis to make. It just. 49ers all of a sudden had the ball for 21 minutes in the second half, and you know that's how they win. What I absolutely love about playoff football is there is no re-examining anything in the rearview mirror because it is survive in advance. How you survived to advance is all that matters. So unlike 
regular season football. We're on Monday. On Tuesday, you start, you know, you're just looking backwards at the game that was just played. And then Wednesday, you start looking ahead. The rule is in the playoffs. You start talking about that next game the following Monday. I mean, sure, you recap the fun that it was, you know, that, that, that happened. But you start going right to the very next opponent. But we can't do that today. We can't do that until we're in bed tonight because we don't know who the 49ers are playing next. It will be Tampa or Dallas. One of those two teams will be coming. That's a Monday night game tonight that we will get to in progress when Ray and I are done at 6 o'clock this evening. We've got Peter King joining us live in our 5 o'clock hour. So we're looking forward to that conversation. And apparently, after a day of some technical glitches, we're back to taking some phone calls here. So we're going to be taking your calls as well at 888-957-9570 about the 49ers, who postseason stats are just starting to stack up under Kyle Shanahan. He's now 5-2 and two in postseason play as 49ers head coach. He's reached the divisional round now for the third time in his last four seasons. And the 49ers are now all-time 6-2 and two in the wild card round. They're a perfect 4-0 and oh at home. 23-9 and nine at home overall in the postseason. And as I was saying, Ray, the next home game, the next game is assured to be at home because either Tampa or Dallas will be here next. Uh, if it is Tampa Bay, the irony of Brock Purdy's first ever regular season start being against Tom Brady could be measured, I guess, against what has the potential to be Tom Brady's final start if the 49ers beat the Buccaneers next weekend. If it's the Dallas Cowboys here next weekend, well, that'll mean the Dallas Cowboys do something tonight that they haven't done since 1993. That's when a road playoff game, the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a road playoff game, was on January 17th, 1993. Troy Aikman rolls into candlestick and beats the 49ers 30-20. to So it's been that long since the Cowboys won a postseason game on the road anywhere. And it was basically almost to the day, because today is, what, January 16th? And that was January 17th, 1993. That's seven months almost before Dak Prescott was even born. So that's how long ago that was. We'll see it all shake out here. Uh, a fascinating, fascinating wild card weekend. Daniel Jones putting on a, an epic performance in his postseason appearance. Uh, the Vikings crash and burn, looking an awful lot like the frauds that people said or suggested they might be. Miami gets a little extra credit for making that a game in Buffalo after not even reporting for duty when the national anthem was over. The Chargers... Well, let me ask you, right? Is that the signature game of the Chargers' entire existence, or is that just the signature game of the Jaguars' entire existence? No, that's the signature game of the Chargers. Uh, there was a story in the Ringer today, and I wish I could remember who wrote it. I want to say it was Danny Kelly, who listed the 24 galling losses that the Chargers have put up with have put up in this century. And each of them is hilariously spectacular. I mean, this team is genuinely cursed in an almost Cub-slash-Red Sox-type way, where if they can find a way not to be there, they won't be there. And it's always late, and it's always something goofy or stupid. And it's destroyed reputations. I mean, Phillip Rivers is probably a Hall of Fame quarterback if he gets one of those wins. He's not going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. As long as he played and the kind of numbers he put up, 
because he doesn't have a signature anything. The signature is always somebody else spitting on his piece of paper. Now, we don't know who goes to the Hall of Fame until careers are over. But I'd like to congratulate Brock Purdy on what is a no doubt about it. There's nothing to debate. Hall of Fame start to a career. I mean, this guy has just been unbelievable since the day he stepped into the spotlight. And on Saturday, it was the most gaudy Brock Purdy we have seen so far. Ray was also some of those couple of couple of those balls that just fluttered on him if they actually land in someone's arms instead of you know uh, mercifully on the ground who knows how that game ends up for the 49ers because there were a couple anyone can have these passes thrown early by Brock Purdy but when he was done and I guess it's, you know, all over the playoffs this weekend. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. When Brock Purdy was done, what he had come up with was the 10th playoff game in the Super Bowl era where someone had 330 yards passing, no interceptions, and four touchdowns, three in the air, one on the ground. The only other guys that have ever done that are Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers twice, Kurt Warner. Okay, everyone's name that I've just said is either in or going to the Hall of Fame, because I think Matt Ryan eventually gets there. Daryl LaMonica, who is, you know, in the first class of the Hall of Very Good. And then Alex Smith in a game that he, of course, loses in Kansas City, even though he put up those sort of numbers. Uh, He's on the list, too. But Brock Purdy was something else. And because of him, this offense was something else. And and again, because of him is probably not even the most accurate way to say it. But the choices he made and the balls that he delivered put the 49ers over 500 yards of total offense for just the third time in their illustrious postseason history. He is the first quarterback to ever bring an offense for the 49ers north of 500 yards, not named Joe Montana. Jeff Garcia did it once, too. But, I mean, it's what Brock Purdy just did, 64 plays, 24 first downs. He was special. The 49ers offense averaged nearly eight yards a play on Saturday afternoon. They were moving the ball in chunks everywhere. They had explosive plays all over the field. And as we said, in Kyle's best year ever, that he was running guys wide open. He was running guys wide open on Pete Carroll all afternoon. Um, yeah, I mean, Seattle showed the things that it can't do. Can't tackle a running back. Um, secondary was exposed as the game went on. Um, it turned into a game that most people thought it would be from the start. Um, you know, it, it was pretty clinical. Uh, in a weekend where nothing was clinical, the 49ers were the only team that played to form. And even at that, for the first half, uh, they were struggling to, you know, keep the, keep the Seahawks corralled. Because Seattle did a lot of the things you didn't think they'd be able to do against this defense for an entire half. And then the turnovers happened, and then everything collapsed. But for a half, Seattle looked like it was up for an argument. Well, and, you know, he did it with eye candy. 
Pete Carroll did it with eye candy in that first half. He was deep in his bag of tricks. That one play where he has Geno intentionally lining up under left guard with a direct snap to the running back, but he still got Geno like rolling out of that play like he's naked booting to the end zone. I mean, Pete was giving you eye candy everywhere he could. And you know what was the right thing to do when you have D'Amico Ryan saying out loud and on the record just a couple weeks before, you know, guys' eye discipline in the secondary wasn't where it needed to be. It looked like Seattle had that going for it early on. But then, like you said, the 49ers started playing to their level. And the entire game, the entire afternoon, turned on you know a handful of plays but two of them stand out starting with this one third down and 14 pressure ball is out san francisco's got it it was all nick bosa charles amenahue forcing the fumble obviously joe davis on fox and uh that was just a monster play and of course it was because it was a weird day for Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa had a couple of really good tackles for losses. He played great contain against a, a, a run that had a pretty good day, all things considered. I think Seattle wanted that kind of a day out of their running back and got that. But still, Nick Bosa made a lot of big plays, but he didn't have a day of pressure. He didn't have a day of laying on top of the other quarterback. So he decided the one chance he gets to lay on top of something, it's going to be the biggest fumble recovery and the first fumble recovery of his postseason career. Um, and he had a better day than his brother. Yeah, he certainly did. And I'll just say this, Ray, great players in this league, and this this applies to defensive players because you are intentionally getting your great offensive players the ball. Great defensive players are always around the ball. It just happens to find them or they it all the time. And as we talked about yesterday, or not yesterday, but last week, how Nick Bosa, if he really is going to carve out a place in not just 49er history, but truly NFL history is one of the game's greatest defensive players ever and this is not out of the realm of possibility with the way that he's begun his career if he really is going to be that sort of a special player well when a player has a special season usually their team follows them along in a special postseason there's more special postseason hopefully coming up for Nick Bosa him falling on top of that fumble is something great players do they're just around the ball. Yeah, I mean, as that game went on, um, the fact that Seattle was struggling to find the person to get the ball to, chances were going to have to be taken, risks were going to have to be engaged. And Seattle doesn't win by taking risks. I mean, they yeah, they can gingerbread an offense here and there. But when they have to go high risk, high reward... I mean, they're not equipped for that. And the only way that they were going to be able to avoid that was by holding the lead. Because once they went behind in the second half, it was done. I mean, Pete Carroll was out of things to do. And between that and the interception, uh, I mean, they, they they were backbreakers because they should be. Because when you're the seven and you're playing the two... The two only needs one break. You need about three or four. And it was just, it was just, it was just, it wasn't stunning. It was just clinical. It was just, it was almost not interesting after a while. 
The because one, it was just that matter of fact. The one play that did, I think, you know, check the box of stunning was the second play that really turned the afternoon. And it was this. They'll let him throw again. Wide open, Debo Samuel. Got a block from George Kittle. Debo Samuel. There he goes. Foot on the gas. All the way. Touchdown, San Francisco. A 74-yarder. He got the right amount of downfield blocking and hit the gear to just outrun the entire football field. Man, that was a huge, huge play. And that was pretty much the goodnight Irene moment. There was one other way Seattle could have climbed back into that game. There was a ball that was thrown to DK Metcalf in the end zone that had he come down with it, it would have been an incredible catch on a day where he had a lot of incredible catches. Um, But that game feels differently if he scores there. DK Metcalf was an absolute stud at Levi Stadium. 10 catches, 136 yards, two touchdowns. He was cooking or trucking Chavarius Ward pretty much all afternoon. You had the Jimmy Ward terrible penalty, which allowed Seattle to climb back in front right before halftime. And Nick Bosa was even saying, hey, you know, we understood that Sitting in that locker room at halftime, Seattle had to feel really, really good about where they were. It was good. Myself, I was a little nervous just how the tide was going, but I have great confidence in this team, and an entire half of football is a lot of football, and we did exactly what we were supposed to do. They certainly did, because they steamroll Seattle in the second half. 504 yards with a defense that causes two game-altering turnovers on back-to-back drives. The 49ers an entire afternoon turned to the good and it stayed there after that Geno Smith fumble and then Geno Smith's interception to Diamador Lenore. Again, DK Metcalf was good. Pete Carroll was good. Geno Smith was off to a really good start. But when it was said and done, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk made big plays all game long and pretty much all afternoon to the point where the final box score, when you start getting into it, team totals and individual totals, it starts looking like a game of Madden. Like the final stats start reading like a game of Madden. That's how much joystick enjoyment the 49ers put out on that field. And a lot of lot of credit has to go to Kyle Shanahan because we're talking about how Pete Carroll was deep in his bag of tricks. I don't know how deep Kyle had to get, Ray, but he had his plays linked together, sequenced together in a way that just Seattle really didn't know where it was coming from. They just knew it was coming. They didn't know who was going to get it. But they knew it was going to happen, and there was very little they could do to slow it down all afternoon. Again, an entire day, all plays, 61 plays run, 64, pardon me, 64 plays run for 41 points with wide open choices all over the field all afternoon. Brandon Ayuk, oh, he had a really good game, but he dropped what would have been a career highlight pass for Brock Purdy in the corner of the end zone. Oh, that would have been unbelievable had he held on to it. That was, it's almost a blessing, Ray, because the amount of chatter about the catch and that and being moments that spurned, it would have been, you would have been really annoyed by it this week. I can promise you that. But I, I, I know you, and, and rightfully so, want to diminish the role of quarterbacks in this offense. But as I've been suggesting the entire time, if you actually got a guy who can do something, go above and beyond, 
and not hurt you by going above and beyond. All of a sudden, this offense starts doing things like that, putting up 41 points, rolling up 500-plus yards. That's what makes the Niners, with that defense, a Super Bowl favorite. Well, that's where the test comes because reputations start getting made now. Uh, starting Sunday um, with a, you know, I think Tampa is going to be an easier nut to crack than Dallas because I think Dallas might force them to have to score 41 the hard way. And then Philly and Philly because I can't imagine a way that the Eagles lose to the Giants. Oh, I could. I mean, did you watch that game? I did. And I looked at Minnesota, and I just said, these guys got big eyes. Philadelphia doesn't get big eyes. Philadelphia is a hard team. And playing at home against the team like the Giants, is what, that's what they do. You know, that's why they won 14 games. And that's why I think they're probably the best team in the league. That said, we're getting... I mean, I think the 49ers established on Saturday that on a weekend where nobody behaved the way they should have and a bunch of games could have turned the other way they were the ones who held serve and I think the test will be okay now what happens against a team that can take your punch and punch back because I think Dallas can do it I think Philadelphia can do it I don't know that Tampa can but it this is where this is where the rubber meets the road. Well, and look, where the rubber has met the road of Tom Brady's entire career is how often and how much he wins postseason games. So that's the really one and only thing the Tampa's got going for it tonight. I mean, uh, that and it's a home game. That and the Cowboys usually begin most postseason journeys with their own two hands wrapped around their own throats. So we'll see how the Cowboys look tonight. I uh, they, they historically gag on big moments in the last 20 years or so. Tom Brady does not. Tom Brady's team has run hot and cold all year. Dallas started well, got cold as the year went along, got colder, I guess I should say. Dak Prescott finding himself interception prone. That's a good way to keep another team in a football game. We'll see how it all plays out tonight. Uh, We got ourselves a very big Monday night football game, so big that when Ray and I get off the air, we're actually going to go ahead and simulcast and join that game in progress. Peter King will be joining us live at 5 on the Bud Light guest line, and we're looking forward to talking to him because it really was. It was a hell of a playoff weekend. It was fun all the way around. Um, The Ravens, though, shame on them, Ray. Shame on the Baltimore Ravens because you know that they denied us the AFC Andy Reid Invitational. Do you realize that had John Harbaugh and the Ravens advanced to the divisional round, if the Ravens had pulled off the upset, the AFC divisional round would have been Andy versus all his former Eagles players and assistant coaches. Andy Reid is obviously a former Philadelphia Eagle coach. John Harbaugh was the Eagles special teams coach under Andy Reid. Doug Peterson, former Eagles backup under Andy Reid. And Sean McDermott, former Eagles defensive coordinator under Andy Reid. We were denied shame, shame on Jim Harbaugh wanting to take a couple of timeouts into the offseason. John Harbaugh. Oh, there is a little news, though, about Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh today says... NFL, 
enjoy another year without me at the very least because I'm staying in Michigan. Today, Jim Harbaugh says he's staying in Ann Arbor. John Harbaugh is uh, staying this postseason with a couple timeouts in his pockets that he didn't even bother using. He showed the folly of the scoring too early theory because he wanted to tr- score and leave the, the Bengals with nothing. With nothing. And when you're down a touchdown and you're playing in the other place, that's the chance you have to take. You have to score when you can score. And when he put it on Tyler Huntley and said, well, he ran the sneak the wrong way, two things come to mind. One, what's J.K. Dobbins there for? And two, why are you trying to get cute at the one-yard line? I mean, granted, it was a bizarre play, but... Don't don't play around with the clock. Get the touchdown. I mean, if you're you know if your team can't hold Cincinnati for a minute, then you lose anyway. What are you running? At least, you know, why are you? And that's why that whole oh he scored they scored too soon is usually nonsense. Score when you can score, you know, and then ask your defense to make an effort. Well, it was a day where the Cincinnati Bengals were hardly like blowing your doors off either. Yeah, and 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 Baltimore. Entire historical reputation is based on defense. They are not a high-powered team and never have been. They stop you from doing what you want to do. And they did pretty much that against Cincinnati. And then John Harbaugh outthought himself. He's running draw plays up the middle. He's throwing in the middle. And here again, man, you got timeout. Stop the clock. What are you doing? What are you doing? Because he didn't want to score too soon. Now he gets the score too late. Well, the next time he scores, it'll be week one preseason. Well, yeah, because they never lose in the preseason. That's right. Will they have a preseason with Lamar Jackson? That'll be one of the big offseason questions of the entire NFL. But uh, when it comes to the NFL's offseason, the 49ers, they ain't there yet. They're still in the postseason, and they're sitting pretty waiting for the winner of Monday Night Football. And they got a little bit of an advantage just cooked right into that. I mean, they have not played since Sunday. Or, excuse me, they have not played since Saturday. They got a Monday night game. The next time they do play is going to be on Sunday. So they have more time to prepare than their opponent who doesn't even know. does Has not even revealed itself yet. We'll know more tonight. This is a good, good Monday here in the Bay Area. Martin Luther King Day. A lot of people got the day off. But we are here talking playoff football with you. Why not? It's that time of the year where it's the right thing to do. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. And we want to remind you that the road to Glendale is brought to you by Merrowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, and together. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
sports. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.